Basketball can be a mysterious sport. The team whose logo is in this envelope will have the first pick in the NBA draft. Watch James. Now wanted a timeout, but too late to get it. And five minutes go up on the clock, overtime here in game one. Will Giannis win a title in a Milwaukee Bucks uniform? It's hard for me to say that, Jay, considering how loaded the Lakers are. I don't know if you've been watching uh, Taylor Horton Tucker over the last couple of days. But what if those mysteries could be solved? What if those conspiracies are reality? Truth is out there. Can you handle it? Sunday, October 16th. We finally made it. I it feels like a blur personally, but there were points of the summer there that were just unbearable with the lack of NBA basketball drama or games being played. Two days. This will drop tomorrow, Monday, October 17th. So when you're listening to this, it'll be one day until we've got the season opener. Trey, dude, the season's here. Your Wi-Fi's back. How you feeling? I'm feeling great, man. Um, you know, as people know, I, I know a lot of people that listen. I, I missed the last episode, the uh, the Bucks preview. Shout out to you guys for doing it. Y'all did an incredible job. Um, I've been in, Guys, I've been without Wi-Fi for like two to three weeks because of the Hurricane Ian that ended up hitting. And I was scared that I was not going to have Wi-Fi before the season, but it just came back on yesterday, and we're rocking and rolling. Let's get it. Bless. That's Nick Andre, at Nick Andre ATR on Twitter, by the way. If you're listening for the first time, if you're not, welcome back. Hope to the pod. First episode before the season now. From now on, it's going to be talking about actual games played beyond the preseason, obviously. But yes. Actual things being played. Um we should do our awards, but we still haven't done a Western Conference episode. Project, project, projections, projections, and predictions were the two words I was trying to mash. It really broke right there. We did the East like a month ago. Those have probably shuffled a little bit since then, but it's just an excuse also to talk about every team in the Western Conference as well. So that's what we're going to do. Let's start with the lottery teams. Dre, take a second to pull it out, but uh, the one, two, three, four, five teams that won't play in the play-in, our projections-wise. Dre, do you have those listed? I do have those listed. You want me to start? Yeah, let me hear your five, and I'll compare with mine. Okay, so 15 through 11 in the Western Conference. So 15, I have the Utah Jazz. Kind of hurts me because I'm expected Colorado Sexton to have a really good year, but we all know what the situation is in Utah. They are full rebuild mode. Uh, I'm not even really sure what fu- uh, of what Sexton's future looks like in Utah alongside other guys like Mike Conley and Jordan Clarkson. So this team should be all in on going young, rebuilding yeah. with the, um, a lot of the young guys that they got in the draft and just moving forward. 14, I have fourteen. I have the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, obviously, the loss of Chet, of Chet Holmgren obviously um, impacts that. Yeah. Impacts that roster, impacts that team. But they still have guys like Josh Giddey. Obviously, Shea Gilders-Alexander is still there, who, in my opinion, will still probably average his uh, same average as probably the, the season prior, about like 23, 24, and 25 a game. So definitely excited to 
see him, but we all know the situation. Um, Oklahoma City still a rebuild team, still a very young team, lottery team. So yeah. it's just it's it's just another season of development and um and experience. Um, thirteen San Antonio like their team. Um, a lot of people are sleeping on San Antonio this year. I know that they're not the like exciting team to watch, but they still got some young guys. Which one of the yeah. guys, in my opinion, is Josh Primo? I I like him a lot. Yeah. Um, but another young team that's still on the rise. Um, obviously with the legendary head coach Greg Popovich, I don't know exactly how many more years he has left, right. but it's gonna be an, it's gonna be a great year for us, San Antonio, um, in the rebuild. So look out for that. Twelve Houston. Houston's yeah. gonna be very interesting to me. Um, Jalen Green actually had a really good preseason, even though I didn't watch most of the preseason because I didn't have Wi-Fi. I still got a chance to watch clips here and there. And Jalen Green definitely showed a lot of promise. Um, Jabari Smith had a lot of promise as well. Um, even um, Sangoon as well. So Houston, Houston's up there in my opinion. Like when we talk about like a lot of the exciting young teams like Orlando and Detroit, they're up there in the mix in my opinion as far as like you know yeah. development. I don't, I don't think the ceiling may be as high as Detroit is right now, but they are going in a good direction. And then number eleven, I have Sacramento. So I have Sacramento at 11, and I have Portland at 10. So I think those are the two teams that are, that are probably going to be competing for that last spot. Sure. I know Sacramento's I know Sacramento's been a laughing stock over the last few years, but I think this year with the addition of Mike Brown as their head coach, they will be definitely moving into a better direction. Um, I like the backcourt of De'Aaron Fox and Malik Monk. We obviously know what they were able to do at Kentucky during their mm-hmm. college years. Sabonis is still there. Hopefully Sabonis will have a good year. Hopefully he can improve defensively. Um, and then also one of my favorite guys is back with Sean Holmes, who brings a lot of versatility yeah. on offense and, and is a pretty good rim protector despite being undersized. So Sacramento, I know that they may be a laughing stock to many because of obviously the trash franchise that, that they've been since the like mid to late two thousands. But I think I think this year they'll they'll, they'll take a big leap and go in going in a new direction. So I think four of the five are easy to pick in the Western conference. We just, unless, you know, a surprise run is made by any of them. It's that fifth one that we have some questions about. So I'll do the ones that you have as well. OKC, I agree. Chats out. J-Dub and Usman Dang look great in preseason. So does Jalen Williams. I just Mm -hmm. don't see, I, I don't, they're still at the point where they have a lot of talent, but it doesn't necessarily fit into puzzle pieces. I don't know if they have like a, a play style uh, because of the players they have. They just play with talent. So I, I don't think that adds up to a lot of wins. A similar team like that is the Houston Rockets, who early reports are Tari Eason isn't going to be in the rotation to start the season. Neither is Jay Sean Tate, which is pretty ridiculous. Kinda, yeah, that's kind of crazy to me. Tari should be starring, uh, starting at the three or four. Tari actually had a pretty solid preseason, didn't he? He had a fantastic preseason. But Steven Silas and Raphael Stone, they had a weird rotation last year where Alperen Shengun wasn't playing. Don't forget that Eric Gordon is still on this roster, probably going to be starting for this roster. They haven't traded him yet. Um, they have like four centers when after they signed Bruno Fernando. So I... I think it's one more year for the Rockets, one more lottery pick, and they'll be there. But Jalen Green is going to show some people uh, some legit shit this year. Utah and San Antonio, pretty much in the same boat, trading their players for multiple picks, signaling a uh, a rebuild and or a full-on tank. For Utah, it looks to be like they really would like to tank for Wemby this year, but they got to get the vets out of there. Mike Conley, buyout or trade, probably not trade. Malik Beasley probably needs to be traded. Boyan's gone now. Um, 
they waived Jared Butler, who they drafted like last year. That's a pretty bad look. And they waived yeah, Stanley Johnson, by the way. We talked about that. Mm-hmm. Stanley Johnson should get scooped up pretty quick, no? Yeah, I agree. I mean, you know, it, it is a bad look for Utah to get rid of Stanley Johnson, but he's a he's a guy that I would definitely more so want to see on a at least a playoff contender rather than a tanky team. I expect him in Miami, but we'll see on there. With San Antonio, I agree. They still have some good pieces, and they've always won games when they didn't need to. I think people are are uh, assuming that because they trade DeJunte, they're going to try and lose as many games as they can this year, um, like they did last time with the Tim Duncan lottery. And I also subscribe to that, but assuming we know what San Antonio doing is something that we've been trying to do for decades and haven't been able to nail. So who knows? Maybe they win a bunch of games this year. Um, what's his face? Jakob Pertl is still the starting center. If he's, I'm sure he's available for trade. I'm not sure how much of a need there is out there. I could see him being moved at some point. Sean McDermott is another name to keep an eye on. But I like the kids. They give you a reason to watch the team this year. You mentioned it. Josh Primo, among others, like Trey Jones, Keldon Johnson, Devin Vassell, their new draft pick, and Jeremy Sohan. But, yeah, they're probably going to lose a bunch of games. That fifth team that's going to miss the plan. You've got either the Kings or the Blazers right now. This might be bias on my end, but straight up, I've got the Lakers there right now. I just don't see it. I think the roster is better than last year, but that doesn't guarantee healthy seasons. Anthony Davis is already being held out of preseason games with back. That's true. And, the guys they acquired aren't necessarily super healthy in their careers either with guys like Patrick Beverly. I think they're better, but I there's still no shooting, like no shooting. I and agree to that. Something. So I still think that they're going to make a move. Either it's going to be that double move where they get Turner and healed from the Pacers, or they get someone like Terry Rozier and or um, Gordon Hayward from the Lakers, something that I've been playing around with on the trade machine. I think they're going to do that. And when they do that trade, they will be in the playoffs for me. I could even give them a six seed if they acquire two more legitimate rotation players that are shooters. But right now, I, maybe it's discredit to LeBron James and Anthony Davis. I just don't see it right now. Right. And, I mean, you honestly made some good points when you talk about the Lakers, especially with the lack of shooting because, you know, because I, I, was, I was having a conversation about somebody about, you know, like what would the backcourt look like? Could you put Westbrook and Patrick Beverly in, in, um, in the backcourt? But I'm thinking, like, you know, Patrick Beverly is not really – I mean, he can make shots, but he's not a knockdown right. shooter. Right. And we all know Westbrook has been struggling on the perimeter for at least for the past few years now. Right. So. When you have a guy like LeBron James, who is really a, an elite passer, you got to have uh, surrounding shooters. You know, we've seen it in Cleveland, we saw it at Miami. Right. So that is definitely what the Lakers are definitely lacking, which is which is part of the reason why I hate that they allowed Malik Monk to to walk and go to Sacramento because he was arguably their best consistent yeah. shooter for most of last year. So that's definitely a bad loss. And in my opinion, I don't. I mean, I like Lonnie Walker, but I don't think he's more of an upgrade compared no. to Malik Monk. So that, that is something. Yeah, they couldn't pay Malik what Sacramento yeah. offered him. It sucks because he he would be the starting shooting guard in the Lakers right now. Pat Bev. Um, that's that's a fact. Pat Bev Malik Monk isn't like if you have two top five players like LeBron and AD, that's not a terrible backcourt to have. Um, they could use more wings. They've got nothing. I don't think they're going to get Jay Crowder from the Suns. For I just I just do not really see them having the the roster cohesion. Maybe Darvin Ham squeezes out them. I think they'll have a good defense. I just yeah. don't see how they score points. And in this 
Western Conference, you need to score points. We're going to see how deep the West is in a couple minutes now. So let's move right in. Um, you had the Kings missing out. I got the Kings at 10 right now, so I'm not far off on that projection. I yeah. like the way that they built their team. I personally wouldn't have traded Halliburton for some bonus, obviously, and I would have tried to tank this year for Wemby, but Sacramento is trying to make the playoffs this year. I guess in the scope of that, they're doing the right things. Fox and Sabonis plus wings and shooters, I like that as a mix for a roster. If it's well executed, I think it's a playoff team, and I think Mike Brown is a coach who can coach a team well enough to make the playoffs, not that he's a championship caliber coach. I think they're going to – I don't know how they win more games than the nine teams that we list above them, but – I think it works. I like a starting lineup of De'Aaron Fox, Kevin Herter, Harrison Barnes. I think they're starting Casey Akpala at power forward. And then DeMontis Sabonis. The shooting in the front court isn't great, but there's really good shooting with a couple guys. And you've got Malik Monk, Davion Mitchell, Rashawn Holmes, as you mentioned, Keegan Murray, who uh, could oh, be yeah. I forgot about Keegan Murray. off the bench. They got a really like 10 guys that are are good at basketball and good at specific things in basketball. And I, I have hope in Mike Brown having them defend well enough. Like I think they're a better team than the Blazers. I just have them a little bit far ahead because of talent level. But I, I think as a team, they're going to play better than the Blazers. How do you feel about that? I mean, you definitely made some good points. Sacramento is one of the more intriguing teams. Um, at least, at least over the past offseason. Obviously, the drafting of Keegan Murray is definitely a really big upgrade. I mentioned before, you know, yeah. the, signing, the signing of Malik Monk. So Sacramento, have especially having that new coach of Mike Brown, because Mike Brown, he's not a championship coach, but he's proven that he can get teams to the uh, to the playoffs and yeah. really have and – and really, and really is still in preach defense within the team. So yeah. that's definitely an upgrade for the Sacramento Kings. But for number nine, I did put Portland. And yeah. I guess, I mean – I, I, I don't I don't know if like you know you can say one is better than is like if one is better than the other but I think they're kind of in that same projection but the reason why I put Portland is because if Dame does play at least seventy five percent of the season I still think that they can at least make the plan now the question is can they make it past the plan I'm not sure about that but right. the Portland roster isn't that bad to me I still feel like Dame can at least lead this team to the to the um, to the playing tournament I mean you still have guys like Jeremy Grant. Shaden Sharp, who had a really good showing in the uh, middle preseason, them, for, yeah. yeah, and uh, for a few games, um, Anthony Simons, in my opinion, I, in my opinion, this is me. I don't really see him being a starter for this team. I don't really know if I would start him alongside Dame. To me, to me, I view Simons as that Jordan Clarkson for Utah. You know, yeah. being that six, bringing that energy off the bench. It's nothing against him. I, I just, I just feel like that would be more of his role for this team. Um, you still got Nurkic, who doesn't really have a lot of mobility, but, you know, he can still give at least some production. Nasir Little and the rest of these guys. So Portland, obviously, roster-wise, this is not a championship team whatsoever. Right. But in my opinion, with a healthy Dame, with help, with Dame averaging, like, you know, his his averages throughout his career, I feel like he can still at least give, give them to the play in. I also have the Blazers at nine. Uh, the more I look at it, maybe I should have the Kings above. But, yeah, I think you know. Oh, I'm sorry, them. 10. I, 10, I'm sorry. Oh, 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 gotcha. Yeah, gotcha, 10, gotcha. my bad. You're good. So, but we have those in the same area. Um, The thing with, I agree with you that I wouldn't start Dame with, um, with Simons. I'd probably start Gary Payton at the second. Oh yeah, that's right. Nice to Yes. Um, But they, I think they, they're starting Simons one, because I think they want to just, they started 
Dame with CJ for so long that they know that they can get away with two non-defenders in the starting backcourt and make the playoffs. They can't win the title that way, but they know they can win the playoffs. And they just gave him four years, 100 mil. So it probably feels bad if you don't start Anthony. Um, it's fine. They have a good wing room to go with them. Josh Hart and Jeremy Grant mm-hmm. to round out the the wings in the starting lineup there is pretty solid. They're going to play defense. They're, they can self-create a little bit. They can shoot better than – it's like Mo Harkless and uh, Al Farouk Aminu, but supercharged from back in the day for them. Yusuf Nurkic, like you mentioned it, I, he's, he's, he's a good player. Um, he's a got good touch around the basket. He's a bruiser, gets rebounds, pretty prototypical European seven-footer. But he doesn't offer any versatility on really either side of the floor. He'll shoot some threes, but he won't really make them. And he can't defend in space. So they're pretty limited there. And it's not like they have a big off the bench. You can go Jeremy at five, and I'm sure they'll try some of that. But beyond that, they don't have a lot of options. Shaden Sharp showed up for a couple games. Let's see if he shows up in the regular season. That would be cool. Gary Payton we mentioned off the bench. Nasir Little resigned. I like him. I'm not sure if there's Trenton Wanford and Greg Brown the third are guys that excelled after they started tanking last year. I don't know how much minutes they're going to get. It's a super mid team. I think Chauncey Billups is a worse coach than uh, Mike Brown, so I probably wouldn't. Uh, yeah, I could agree to that. You know, so <laughs> I, I'm not. Ex- I'm more excited about watching the Kings because I think they're going to play a more fun style of basketball, and it and the Kings making the play is much more exciting than the Blazers. But the Blazers are just mid. Um, so that means you have the Lakers at nine, or do you? Have I definitely. I, I have the Lakers at nine. Um, to me, it's 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 just so hard to see the Lakers miss the playoffs for two straight seasons. And you know, I, I was watching a few of the preseason games, especially. Um, I, I watched one against Phoenix, and I watched the recent one or the last one that they played against uh, Sacramento. Even though they got blown up by like damn near forty, but I will say that you know I like the Lakers. I mean, I'm not gonna say I like it, but it's definitely a lot better than what it was last year. I think last year they had a lot of old vets who did not deserve to be on the team, like DeAndre Jordan was one of them before he ended up um, being released from the team. Dwight Howard was there. Even though I still like Dwight Howard, I just don't think that he is a good fit for this particular Lakers team. So so I I like the fact that they went young in the front court. They got Damian Jones. They got Thomas Bryant. Thomas Bryant, who had a really great showing with the uh, the Wizards for the last few years. So I definitely like that. Um, They still like shooting, as you mentioned earlier. you know, I, I just I don't I don't see I don't see Patrick Beverly being a knockdown shooter for this team. I don't see Lonnie yeah. Walker being a knockdown shooter for this team. So they definitely still fail in all aspects of that. But I guess I'm I'm just trying to be optimistic with the team. I just I'm hoping that I'm hoping that Anthony Davis at least plays more than fifty percent of the games this year. If he can play at least around sixty five games, honestly, if he can stay healthy, that'd be yeah. great. But then again, like you mentioned, um he did miss some time in the preseason due to back due to back issues, so that's definitely not a good look for the team um, going into the regular season. And hopefully, Russell Westbrook can possibly try to figure out how to play alongside LeBron James because yeah. I just I just don't want to see LeBron James in year twenty having to carry this team after thirty game thirty points a game. I know yeah. that he's in the best shape of his career and everything, but that's not what you're going to expect out of LeBron, especially if you're trying to win a title. You know, you want to save his yeah. energy, you want to save him for the playoffs, but. I'm just trying to have at least a little bit of optimism for the Lakers this year. I'm not saying that they're going to win a title. I definitely don't think that, but 
it's also hard for me to see them miss the playoffs for two consecutive years. Sure. I, I, I have similar thoughts, different conclusion, obviously, there. Again, I think they're going to make that trade for two rotation players, and at that point I would have them as a playoff team. Until they do the trade, though, I don't have them any higher than missing the play-in. So this is where it gets really messy, right? Yep. One through eight in the West, these teams are really stacked on paper, so it's going to take a lot of – injury uh, reactions and chemistry fits with new additions to see how it shakes out. I doubt we're going to have it the same, but number eight for me, I have the Dallas Mavericks. That's mine too. Oh, beautiful. Let's talk about Dallas. Uh, I like their roster. Uh, Starting lineup is mid. Luka Doncic and Spencer Dinwiddie as your backcourt. Probably Reggie Bullock, even though he was on the trade market. Dorian Finney-Smith and JaVale McGee confirmed that Christian Wood is going to be treated as a sixth man. Confirmed that Jaden Hardy is on the outside looking in on the rotation. That's a quote from Jason Kidd. He likes him, but he says he's on the outside. Same with Josh Green, who we don't really care about. I don't know if they're maximizing their – I think they're going to have a good defense, and that's going to prop yeah. up a good like team. I just don't know how they win more games than anyone else above them on this list. Dre, what are your thoughts on the Mavs? I agree. Um, I'm not really a big fan of the, uh, of the starting lineup. It's just yeah. not really intriguing to me. I mean, we all know what Luka is. We all know what he's capable of doing. We know – with his passing ability, his um, and his ability to really uh, be a facilitator, we know that he can get other guys involved and really help them be productive on the offensive end. But yeah. it's it's just tough to me, man. I don't know what Jason Kidd is doing, but I would definitely want to insert a guy like Jaden Hardy in the rotation, especially after what a pretty solid preseason that he had, and then especially in the summer league as well. That's just my opinion, but I think Dallas Dallas is another star in my opinion. I mean, you know, and I was talking to Kev about this. Shout out to Kev. Um, in this in this league, you know, you you need multiple, uh, or at least at least two all stars on your team. And I mean, I know that Luca is capable of leading a team to the playoffs. I mean, we saw last year when they, when he led him to the conference finals. But like nobody projects this Dallas team of really ever making it out of the West or even winning the title. So, right. In my opinion, Dallas is probably an all star an all star away. And I think Jason Kidd just really needs to probably fix the rotations a little bit. And I'll be honest, man, like. Christian Wood is a sixth man um, for this team, but I don't know if he really wants to fully accept that or yeah. any, even if that's really going to be something that's going to be long-term for the team. So in my opinion, I don't really see Christian Wood being with this team really long-term. If he's not traded by midseason, he'll probably maybe not be a part of the team after this season. So that that's just my opinion. Yeah, he's in a contract year, and he's extension eligible. I'm sure he would love a pricey exp- extension from the Dallas Mavericks. Um also kind of surprised that Tim Hardaway Jr. isn't an automatic starter. Maybe he is instead of Reggie Bullock, but I'd rather start those two together instead of Spencer Dinwiddie. I get what they're doing with Dinwiddie. They're trying to replicate the Brunson production. I really don't see it happening for Dinwiddie. Um, Brunson is an undervalued prospect in terms of the scoring, and Dinwiddie I don't think is going to replicate it very well. No, not at all. They have some pieces, and they really haven't tra- – like, they traded a few of their picks for Kristaps, but I'm pretty sure those have conveyed at this point. If someone becomes available, I'd love to take for them to take a stab because you're right. 
this roster is really solid for around Doncic, but you need another top guy to help take some of the pressure off. And I thought Wood might be it, but they're not even going to give him the opportunity. And Jaden Hardy could develop into a, a good sixth man scorer, but they're not going to give him the, the opportunity to do so. So Dallas at eight seems right. Could happen higher because Doncic is always an MVP pick, but eight for now is safe. Seven, I have the Phoenix Suns. Ooh, okay. Low. How about you? Well, <laughs> you're not going to tell me who you have, but you don't have them down there. I, I don't have them down there. I, I have Minnesota at seven. Okay, okay. Let me go yeah. Phoenix. Um, CP3 is older. Aiden doesn't seem super happy to be there. Their bench is pretty bad right now they got no bench um campaign is fine landry shamit is a little less than fine josh okogi is their main wing off the bench which is fine if you have more wings which they really don't i don't know who their backup power forward is with jay crowder being on the trade block and then Bismack Biombo as their backup center. Apparently, Jock Londell is playing well in preseason as their third string center, as if that matters. And the starting lineup, maybe Mikhail takes a jump. Maybe Cam Johnson takes a jump. I can't see DeAndre Ayton being much better than he was last year. Same with Booker or CP3. So right. I don't really see where the improvement comes in for a team that admittedly what won 64 games last year. But a lot of that, I mean, not a lot of that, but they lose their sixth man, JaVale McGee, who almost had a sixth man caliber season if he didn't have to start so many games for an injured eight. And I don't know how they're better than some of these teams. And if they if they get if they lose a player to an injury like CP3 or Booker, they have even less depth to cover them this year. I think they're susceptible to an injury. Let me hear your thoughts on that, and then we can talk about your number seven team, the Wolves. Well, in my opinion, Phoenix is kind of a cooked product. Um, I still think that they can be uh, playoff contenders, but in my opinion, after this year, you got to blow it up. I don't, I don't, Whoa. I don't see CP3 being there any longer. I just feel like you know it's it's just time for something new. You know, they they, they had their finals appearance a few years back, um, and then we all know what happened last year and that collapse against Dallas. Yeah. In my opinion, I don't really see them being any better. Um, so. I actually have Phoenix as my five seed. You know, That's just, not bad. Just, yeah, just 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 getting ahead of myself. Um, I still think that they are capable of at least being a playoff contender, but I definitely don't see them being better than the other four uh, or or better than the other four teams that I have listed. So that's just my opinion. But for seven, I did have Minnesota. Uh-huh. Um, I like Minnesota this year. I like them this year. Um, I think the front court of Rudy Gobert and Cat will work, especially on the offensive end. Cat is more of a stretch big, so. That definitely gives him opportunity to really thrive on the perimeter and really be able to do what he does. And then we all know what Anthony Edwards is going to bring. In my opinion, this is just my opinion. I think Anthony, I think Anthony Edwards can average about twenty-seven a game this year. That's okay. just my opinion. Um, I think he's going to have a really big season. Uh, I hope that D'Lo can have a really improved season as well because he's been more of like the out outlier guy for me. If that's even a word. Um, at least, at, least, at least a part of the uh, the team was rotation, but I hope that D'Lo can also have a, um, a pretty solid season, but they still have other great guys as well. Um, but this season will be more of an experiment. I know people are on Twitter kind of clowning Carl Anthony Towns because of his bad perimeter defense. I don't know if you saw the video, but there was a video of like you know him struggling yeah, to fine. really defend. Yeah, but 
I still think that Minnesota can have, can have a pretty solid season, to say the least. I still think that they still have a little bit more room to grow, but this will be a really good year for them. I have my thoughts on the Minnesota Timberwolves. I'm going to save them for when I have them listed. Um, for Phoenix, I'm probably too low. Like, I think I'm low on them than more people, and I don't think that necessarily means they're going to be as low as seven, even though I have them there. But I don't think they're going to have much success in the playoffs. And, yeah, I actually – like, blowing it up is probably an extreme word to use, but – Chris Paul, when they flame out in the playoffs, has historically just left teams, and Aiton, if they lose, might get traded too. And at that point, it's Cam Johnson, Mikel, and Book that you keep around, obviously. Dre, who do you have at six? So for six, I have the Pelicans. And okay. me and you, we both love this team. Like oh. I, I think I think this team is going to be really big. And I've been on Twitter even to say that a healthy Zion could be an MVP candidate because we got to remember – before he or like the year the, the year before last, he averaged around twenty seven a game on like 63 yeah, percent, yeah, yeah. which is like absolutely insane. So, and that's why I love the fact that he's matching the front court against Valanciunas is because Valanciunas is a really good floor spacer, so he can play on the perimeter and allow Zion to attack the basket. So there's nobody clogging the lane. Whereas you know Stephen Adams, you know, or like the season prior, you know, who is not a it's not a floor spacer whatsoever, so he was kind of clogging the lane. But even even then, Zion was still able to thrive and really go to work um, under the basket. So I definitely like that. Um, Bi Brandon Ingram is going to have another solid year in my. I love yeah. the combination of him and CJ McCollum. We saw we saw we saw we saw it last year with the team obviously getting to the playoffs, and I think this year would be even better. Um, Herb Jones is my guy. He's your guy as well. Yeah. He's gonna be, in my opinion, he's gonna be all defensive first team. In my, if if he is a starter on this team, I don't, I'm not sure if Willie Green is gonna start him or not. But if he is, I feel like he will be all defensive first team, and that's only just like you know, that's only like the beginning of the Pelicans. I mean, they, they definitely still have an abundance of all the great role players around them. This is gonna be a really big year for them, especially with Zion being back. I am also putting the Pelicans at six. I have my thoughts on them. On paper, one of the best rosters uh, in the league. Starting lineup of C.J. McCollum, Herb Jones, Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, and Jonas Valanciunas. is a lot of talent there. you got a backup lineup with Jose Alvarado, Trey Murphy, Jackson Hayes, not to mention guys like Dyson Daniels that are still there as well. Um, I think there's too many cooks in the kitchen. Last year, we saw a really firepowered um, Pelicans team push the Phoenix Suns in the first round with C.J. McCollum taking a lot of shots, Brandon Ingram taking a lot of shots, Jonas Valanciunas taking a lot of shots. And now you're adding not just another person to that mix, but arguably the guy that needs the most shots out of those three. And I don't think any of those guys are selfish or going to have an issue with that, but it's going to take time. And I think it'll lead to some late game snafus with who takes the last shot and a young team that hasn't been put in those situations before. Six is a good spot for them. I could see them higher, but I have a, uh, uh, you guys are going to be really pissed when when I have this. (laughs) Um, It's fine. At five, at five, I am cool with the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, here's my opinion with them. 
They were second in the league in the Western Conference last year with 56 wins. Did you already say you're six? Yeah, six was Pelicans as well. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, so we matched there. Five is Memphis. Um, I just – I don't know how they get better. Jaw surprises us every year by getting better, so I'm not surprised if he does. JJJ is coming off a DPOY caliber type of season. I could see him being more disciplined on the defensive end, but not necessarily better as a defender. Does Zaire Williams take a leap? I don't think it happens this year. Does Desmond Bain take a leap? Does Desmond Bain have another leap to take? Because people seem to think that he has this huge ceiling, and I'm not sure I'm fully bought on that. They got another slew of young guys in, Jake LaRavia, David Roddy, Kennedy Chandler, guys that are going to need minutes, but they need some time to come along. They lost veterans last year. Uh, They had Kyle Anderson that went to the Timberwolves. I don't know where the improvement comes. I could see the record being similar and they're still fifth in the West. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. last season, you've got a few teams in the fifties. I could see them at 50 something wins and still be fifth in the West. I just don't see how they get better this year. And I don't think last year is good. At, like, I don't think what they were last year is good enough for a top three seed in this year's Western conference. Who do you have at five? How, how do you feel about what I just said about the Grizzlies? Um, I'm not, I'm not mad at that. I mean, we're, we're, we're honestly not too far. I actually have Memphis as four, Okay. but for number five, I, I have the, I have the Phoenix Suns. Yeah. We obviously mentioned them earlier. Um, we all know the drama that's surrounding this team, not only just, I mean, not only just on the court, but off the court as well. And they didn't necessarily get better in my opinion, especially, you know, with, a tough West Conference with the Clippers coming back and the Nuggets bringing back their uh, their other two um, all caliber players and Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. Um, it's crazy because I got a lot of slack last year because we all know Phoenix was the best team last year. And yeah. even when they were the best team, I, I, I never had Devin Booker as far as my MVP, like as far as I like got top five MVP. And I got a lot of slack for that. Um, yeah. And this year, this year, in my opinion, he probably will be the same, averaging around like 24, 25 a game, but I don't really see Phoenix really taking a big leap. Right. Um, they could possibly make it past the first round, depending on who they play, but another Western Conference Finals or an NBA Finals appearance, I don't I don't see it. Number four. Um, I have the Golden State Warriors. My thing with them is I think giving minutes to the younger players is going to help them long-term for sure. Um, mm-hmm. Dante DiVincenzo taking over the the Gary Payton the second role. Jonathan Kaminga stepping into more of the Otto Porter Jr. role. Moses Moody coming in to get some more scoring off the bench. Jonathan Kuminga trying to soak up the backup center minutes. If not, Jermichael Green can step in. I just think it's going to be rusty. They need time. It's not just one young player they're plugging into the regular rotation. It's multiple, and I think it's going to take some time because it's a very cerebral system that they run on the court. Jordan Poole got paid. Andrew Wiggins got paid. Big shouts to those boys for paychecks and what they're probably going to bring into the regular season. Regular season starting lineup, probably Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, Draymond Green, and Kevon Looney. Really solid. A lot of wins in the Western Conference. I just think they got a lot of help from the veterans that they had on the bench last season, especially the regular season wins and when they had injuries. And this year, they're not going to have that crutch as much. Dre, how do you feel about that? And who's at number four for you? 
not mad at that. Um, honestly, I'm gonna save my uh, my comments on the Warriors once I get to them. But uh, for number four, I did mention that I do have the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, right. This is gonna be another interesting year uh, to say for the Grizzlies. Um, I don't know if they can recreate the same magic that they made last year. Like I don't like. Obviously, they were a two seed last year. I don't think that they will be that, especially as the Western Conference has gotten a lot tougher. But I still feel like you know. Having the having a really good coach that they have, and then of course you know I feel like John can definitely reemerge like an MVP favorite. Um, but that is a question like you know is Dylan Brooks going to take that next step with Zaire Williams? The thing about Zaire Williams is that Zaire has to get the opportunity, so that's going to be up to Taylor Jenkins to really give him the opportunity yeah. to really. Because in my opinion, he could be a great scorer, he could be a great playmaker, but he doesn't has not really gotten the full opportunity to do that. I saw a little bit of it in the preseason, but that doesn't mean that it's going to transition to the regular season so that's definitely my opinion with that um because in my opinion they're, they're probably gonna have tyus jones as their backup point yeah guard again this was just year. a perfect backup point guard oh yeah oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. for oh, a yeah. lot of teams oh yeah oh yeah most definitely so that's gonna be like what what, what the projects gonna look at at the point guard position um uh, i like what you said about um um, um, JJJ, in my opinion, um, he's definitely going to be another great defensive player. But in my opinion, I want to see him add a little bit more offense on the offensive end because even mm-hmm. last year, he—I mean, he can—he can score around the rim, but he's—he's he's shown to be way more of like a stretch big, in my opinion. Like you know, he's more, more of a more of a post shoot. presence. Is I mean, you know, just just a little bit, just a little more Sorry, versatility. Shot. You know, I don't—I don't mind him, you know, knocking out shots because I—I def- I definitely love the floor spacing. But I would love to see a little bit more versatility because that's what I projected him to be anyways when he came into the league. But I think that he's kind of been more content with being just just a uh, just a floor spacer and just and just a stretch big. So I, I would definitely want to see more of that. But even though the West has gotten a lot tougher this year, especially with the Clippers coming back and the Nuggets bringing back their core guys, yeah, I still think Memphis can still be one of the top contenders in the West. Um. I like the thoughts there. I think they're super, super solid. And honestly, I think playoff seeding means nothing for playoff success this year. Um, right. Like, I got Golden State at four. They're probably still my pick beyond, you know, one team that we haven't covered yet to make it to the finals. Like, I still have the Warriors as a Western Conference finals team. I just don't know if the regular season success is going to be massive for them. Number three, this is where it gets fucking real, okay? Mm-hmm. You're going to hate me, and that's fine. And I will explain myself fully. And if this doesn't come to fruition, even if it does, if you want to clip this, anyone that's listening or watching, and put it out there to make fun of me, that's fine. At number three, I have the Timberwolves. Here's my argument, okay? <laughs> Here's the starting lineup. D'Angelo Russell, Anthony Edwards, Jared Culver, not Jared Culver, uh, Jaden McDaniels, Carl Anthony Towns, Rudy Gobert. In my opinion... In my opinion, the Gobert edition makes them a top three regular season team, just as it did for the Utah Jazz year after year after year. He props up a regular season defense that you don't have to clean up as much, and that just infinitely adds wins to your regular season. Obviously not infinitely. I think it's going to be a huge season for Jaden McDaniels. Don't forget who their free agent pickup of the offseason was before they traded for Gobert. Kyle Anderson is still coming off the bench. Brings a lot of versatility to this. I like that. And I think Memphis is going to miss that to a degree. Exactly. That's part of the reason that I have Memphis lower than them. I think um, I like Nas Reed. I like... 
who's the wing? Tarian Prince that they have. They drafted mm-hmm. Wendell Moore Jr., who might get some run, but probably not. They've got Bryn Forbes for shooting. They brought in Eric Paschal on a two-way contract. They did a really good job of filling out the bench with guys that they're going to have to find minutes for. Austin Rivers, they got Luke Garza on a two-way, and then uh, Jordan McLaughlin. I know they really like him off of the bench as their guard. I just see Fincher, um, Chris Fincher's, Chris Finch's system working. I just see it working for the Timberwolves in the Western Conference. They're big. They can go small if needed. They've got a lot of isolation scoring. They've got playmakers. They've got defenders on the perimeter and in the paint. I just see it working for the regular season and then like a first or second round exit Um, because that's what always happens. But I think they bought themselves a top three seed. I know that you're not agreeing with me, Dre, but do you see the vision? I can see it to a degree. I mean, Minnesota's still going to be up there, in my opinion, as a good team, um, even though I don't have them as high yeah. as three. But honestly, I'll be honest, depending on who they play in the first round, like, you got to think, last year, they they were close to knocking off yeah. the Grizzlies. Like, yeah. you know, and this is before Rudy Gobert. And this is this was a team that really did not have a lot of playoff experience, to say the least. I want to say, you know, obviously it was AMS first playoff, um, playoff appearance. I no, no, no. It it, it, it wasn't Delo's first um first playoff appearance because he ended up going to uh he ended up going to playoffs with Brooklyn. But even then, That's like right. you know, a lot of these guys, a lot of these guys, they still didn't have a lot of like great playoff run. And I, I mean, I, I know that Memphis didn't either, but yeah, you know, they like they had a lot of they showed a lot of toughness in that uh, in that Minnesota series. So that's like that's something to definitely be proud of. So I'll be honest to say that their ceiling could be second round. You know, depending on yeah, who they yeah, play, yeah. like. In my opinion, like if they were to play a team like Phoenix, I could see them beat Phoenix. Yeah. I don't know if it would happen, but right. I could definitely see them beat Phoenix. But I like Minnesota. Um, you know, yeah. I know, I know, I know that Gobert is not really the the most popular player in the league, but he definitely adds defensive versatility to the team, yeah. which I do like. In the front court of him and Carl Anthony Towns does make sense. I know a lot of people were disputing that. But in my opinion, it definitely makes it definitely makes sense, especially on it offense. works. I think it works, um, especially offensively, where a cat likes to roam the perimeter. Anyways, you know he does some post mm-hmm. stuff, but it hasn't always looked very pretty. Not that Rudy's eventually, you know, just going to become this crazy post player either. But right. <laughs> I'm also <laughs> super bought in on Jaden McDaniels. Super, super. I love Jaden McDaniels. I think he's going to have a great fucking season for many, and I think he's going to be their starting three the whole time. I'm super into the Timberwolves. I think the product works. I think for the regular season, they have what it they have the coach to draw up a system that will work on both ends to rack up a lot of wins. I have, I think there. A lot of people say the Pelicans are this year's Grizzlies. I think it might be the Timberwolves. Who do you have at three? This is yeah. This is definitely where it gets where it gets fucking tricky. For number three, I have the Clippers. Okay. Um, the Clippers are gonna be back. Kawhi is back. Paul George is back. But John Wall is here, and I think that adds a lot of a lot of versatility to the team. And I was watching how people were you know were disputing about who should be the starting who should be the starting point guard, whether it should be John Wall, whether it should be Reggie Jackson. With all due respect to Reggie Jackson, I think it should be John Wall in my opinion. I think that John Wall has shown that he can be a leader on the floor. I mean, Reggie Jackson has to a degree as well, but I think I think that John Wall can do it to a higher degree. I feel like he can mesh well in the lineup with with Kawhi and with uh, Paul George as well. And then not to mention not to mention they, they still got guys like Zubox as well. 
I like Robert Covington on the team. They got Norman Powell on the team as well. Oh, yeah. He's going to be, in my opinion, like, could you see him being, like, a four on the team? Like, with Kawhi and PG in the lineup? Like, could you see that happening? Could you say as a four? Uh, Covington? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Absolutely. I mean, him, yeah. Him, Batum are probably the fours. I could see Covington playing the five. Uh, They said that... um, I have some news from Tyler that I've been. I have some news about me co- talking about the Clippers uh, after we cover everything. But um, Tyler, first he says Reggie Jackson's going to start. Uh, I agree with you, John Wall, five-time All Star. He's a leader. He's been a number one option before. Definitely more experienced, but. I, I think it underrates Reggie Jackson's impact to the Clippers since he's been there. He was a lot. Oh yeah, he's been great. Detroit. And last year, so much fun when Kawhi and Paul George were out. We're he was there, basically yeah. the star of the team. Game winners, dunks, shots, buzzer beaters. He was doing all of that, and I think that team really, really respects um, Reggie Jackson. I think he, I think he's starting only for the reason that he deserves it. And I don't think John Wall has a problem. I think John Wall is just happy to play basketball this year. And That's I true. think he's going to fuck up that second unit. For the second unit, they don't have a backup center. They have Moses Brown and um, Musa Diabate, who I actually kind of like on two-way contracts, so they will probably mix in. But Tyloo said the plan is to play Zubats for half of the first quarter, pull him, and go small with five out at that point. That's when I expect Robert Covington to come in as the backup the center, as the five, Batum as the four, and you probably swap out Reggie Jackson for John Wall. You just let him go fucking nuts. So I am so excited. I'm going to be watching a lot of Clippers games in person this year. I got more on that later. That's your number three. That's cool. They're my number two, so that we can talk about them even more right now. Best right. roster on paper in the NBA. I can't. I don't think you can disagree with that, right? They're up there. I think they. Yeah. I think they're up there. I like. I like the Pelicans too on paper as sure, well. Sure, I mean, sure. There's a lot of good teams on paper right now. Starting lineup: Reggie Jackson, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard. I think they start Batum. Probably Batum, yeah. And then Ivica Zubats. But you you've got a stacked bench: John Wall, Norman Powell, uh, Robert Covington, Terrence Mann, Amir Kopp. Terrence all these, Mann. These kids can play. Ty Lue is one of the best, uh, one of the most battle-tested playoff coaches and regular season at this point that you could ask. I would have them going to the finals right now, and I would probably have them winning the finals right now. Of course, health is a factor. I have like a gut feeling that they're going to be healthy for a lot of the year. And even if it doesn't, like they're going to rest a lot of guys, that's for sure. But we just mentioned them. They're so deep right now. They have so many wings. Marcus Morris, we didn't, he's starting at the front. Oh, yeah, Marcus Morris, we didn't yeah. We talk about him. Luke Kennard, we didn't even talk about. They're the deepest team in the league, and they've got shooting. They've got defense. They've got passing. They've got – Big man, Ivica Zubats is the perfect big man for that roster who doesn't need more touches than he, than than they give him. I think number two is a pretty good call for them. Dre, you don't have – are you having – are you a little homer? You got your little Golden State Warriors all the way at number one, or are you stopping? Oh, no, 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 no. I, <laughs> so my number one is going to be interesting, man, and I definitely want to hear your take, but I, yeah. I have the Warriors at two because cool. I think we have obviously, obviously they're the champs. We all yeah. know that, but I definitely agree that I think they will be faced with a little bit of with some challenges this year, particularly with the youth. Yeah. Because, you know, I mean, we all know how, how talented they are. Moses Moody, James Wiseman is coming back. Kaminga is there. DiVincenzo is there. But they are lacking a little bit of veteran presence in the second unit, which, I mean, it's, it's, it's a good thing and it's a bad thing because at the end of the day, you have younger guys. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, these guys are the future of the team. You know, once Steph, Clay, and the rest of these guys uh, drain my fade away, 
but you know, it's all kind of a, a a bad thing at the same time because you're missing a lot of those guys, you know, who know how to win games. So yeah. do you really trust guys like Moses Moody, these guys that really help you win games? Moses Moody showed on occasion. I think I think he had a game against Denver where I can't I can't remember exactly what he like what he scored, but I think he I think he scored about like thirty plus. Yeah, so he's shown yeah, so like he, he's shown on occasion that he can be a, or like be a top option on the floor with the team, but I don't know if he's really going to be the guy that you trust to really win games, but Honestly, I would love to see because I definitely don't think that Wiseman is a starter at this stage yet, but I would hope around maybe mid-December, early January, he could possibly creep into the starting role. I don't know. Well, I mean, it's kind of tough because Kevon Looney has been great for us, but he still is undersized, has no athleticism whatsoever, so that definitely does play a role. But we should, we've seen in preseason, you know, um, Dre's Wiseman has really messed with these guys. Like, you know, him and Draymond has obviously had that, had that chemistry – he was working well with Steph in the pick and roll. So Wiseman, to a small degree, has shown that he can mesh with a lot of these guys. So we'll just see as the season progresses if his role can increase moving forward. Yeah, I think Looney is the perfect center for what they like to do out there right now. It would be nice if Wiseman flashed some of that top two pick talent a little bit more often. Um, even if he doesn't, Jermichael Green is going to fill that center role part, backup center role perfect. That's true. Um, so yeah, I don't I don't hate them at two. So we both have the Nuggets at one then, right? It's crazy because I I actually picked them at one, and I di- I didn't expect you to either though. Like, it was it's so, crazy. This is the year that the Nuggets are the number one seed in the Western Conference. It's just uh, mm-hmm. it, it's it's um, it's uh, fate. It's we're prophesizing right now. I believe I just think they're going to be healthy this year. That I starting agree. lineup is great and their off season we're going to talk about their off season too one thing that i will note though the nuggets will creep to 60 wins and they will get the one seed but Jokic will not three peat as mvp if he had not last year i don't give him this year but there's going to be voter fatigue no matter what he does i don't think he's going to get a third mvp let's talk about the nuggets okay here's a starting lineup um we know the four, the big four, Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr. at the three, Aaron Gordon at the four, and then Nikola Jokic at the five. So who do they go out and get to be the perfect, basically Aaron Gordon in shooting guard form to be in the starting lineup? Bruce Brown at the at the exception, six something a year, two years, player option the second year, which I'm sure he's going to turn down after he plays so well this year in the perfect role, in the perfect system for Bruce Brown, who can hit the three at a 40% clip, albeit a not massive volume, can defend ones, twos, and smaller threes, and is a fantastic cutter. Who is he going to link up with for dunk after dunk or layups in the paint? from Jokic because Bruce Brown knows when to cut and how hard to cut. It's the perfect pickup. I'm sorry. And they might start Contavious Caldwell-Pope, but they're going to find out sooner rather than later that Bruce Brown is the pick. The bench is still great. Bones Highland, Contavious Caldwell-Pope. They've bought uh, Christian Brown, who looks pretty solid. Peyton Watson has flashed a little bit since being drafted. DeAndre Jordan, sure, but Zeke Naji I like off the bench too. And never forget about Ish Smith. Ish Smith has been a good backup point guard for like a decade just straight, just been straight up a good backup point guard for a decade and every team that acquires him is surprised by how impactful he can be and he's going to do it for denver too i love it i don't know what their ceiling in the playoffs are truthfully i still think they might have some deficiencies on the wing for some of these more elite teams specifically the clippers but Dre, the nuggets the number one seed how we feel 
I like the Nuggets this year. I like the Nuggets a lot. Um, this is going to be a big year. Jokic, yeah. Jokic has his other guys back. Michael Porter Jr., Jamal Murray is back. Jamal Murray looks great. Jamal Murray actually looks pretty solid. I know I know that he did go down with an injury, I believe, but I think that he will be fine, you know, as as, as the uh, season progresses. But I like this team to a degree. Um, they still got a great, you know, production in the second unit. Obviously having guys like um, Contavis, Caldwell, Pope, you know, that I think I think yeah. he could definitely be a really great um, solid role player as well for the team. But you still got guys like Bones Highland. Um, I hate that they have to get rid of a guy like Jermichael Green, but, you know, it's definitely understandable. Um, yeah. Um, I'm not big. I mean, you. I mean, you already know why I pay. I'm not really too big on the DeAndre Jordan signing, but I guess it could be yeah. shot to a degree. I don't think. Um, so. I, I think Zeke Naji just passes him, or guys like Hassan Whiteside and Dwight Howard and Derek uh, um, Derek Gafford is still out there Derek as Gafford. well. Just got waived. Also, don't forget about Jeff Green, who accepted his player option. They've got good wings, like actually good wings. And that's true. That's true. That's really really true. So. I think this is going to be Denver's year to really take control of the Western yeah. Conference. Um, yeah, man. I don't know if it results in a conference finals appearance or an NBA finals appearance, but this is going to be a, a definitely more improved Denver Nuggets team than what we saw last year. We saw what Jokic was capable of doing, you know, leading the Nuggets yeah. to the sixth seed last year. Now that he has his guys back in uh, Michael Porter Jr., Jamal Murray, and then, of course, Eric Gordon as well, the Nuggets are going to be reaching bigger heights this year. So I'm definitely excited to see what they can do this year. I love that roster, man. I'm going to try and catch them, even though they're not one of like the five teams that I have on my list this year. I I think even if they're not the one seed and if they're fully healthy this year, anything short of the conference finals would be a huge uh, feel like a huge disappointment for the Nuggets who they're back. I, I'm very excited. Love the Nuggets. Love the team. That is the Western Conference predictions we have. Dre, anything else in recent news that we didn't cover? I think we got every team in there, but there's some Eastern Conference stuff that we might have forgotten. We could definitely discuss some Eastern stuff. Um, I'm not really sure if anything really sticks out or not. I'll take a look at our DMs because we always say, oh, Pat Connaughton's going to be out for three oh, weeks. Yeah. The Here's the thing. Him and Chris are now going to be out for approximately the first month of the season, probably less than that, but let's be pessimistic and say the first month. There's almost no reason not to give Marjan Bochamp minutes at this point, and I think that's actually going to be a good thing for the team overall. So I am trying to look at it from the bright side and the fact that there's it's time for – um, Marjan to get minutes, and I think he's going to do well. Nate Robinson battling kidney failure, undergoing treatment. One of our favorite, yeah, like, love Nate. players and guys in the league for years and years and years. Prayers out to Nate. Hope he's doing all right. Uh, Sharif got cut again. Your boy got cut again. You want to talk about that? Yeah, um, I mean, I'm I'm not surprised, man. I mean, these guys like Sharif Cooper got cut, Leandro Ball got cut, which I'm sure everybody kind of expected. Everyone saw um, it, yeah. I think I think it's time for Sharif because I mean, we all know that Sharif is very talented. Uh, we know that he's a terrific playmaker, a terrific finisher around the rim. But this, this is just my opinion, man. I think it's just time to kind of put that pride to the side and possibly go do a few years overseas, which is nothing wrong with it. You know, continue to increase your value. Continue to show what you're worth um, for like in probably the next two to three years. And you just never know. I mean, maybe an NBA um, executive could, could possibly take notice and they'll want to sign you. So, you know, Sharif. The thing about Sharif is that Sharif, even though he has some great showings in the G League, but I don't know. It's like that confidence of being on the NBA floor just has not really been the best for him. Like, you know, we I've seen a lot of turnovers. 
I've just seen like I, I don't know. I, I just don't see the same confidence on the NBA floor as I have at the G League because in the G League he played phenomenal. I don't have the exact stats, but he's he he had triple double performances. He had forty point games. So Sharif, I, I'm still a believer that Sharif can be a starting point guard in the NBA. That's just my opinion. I know that he can be undersized. He's not really the biggest factor on the, on the defensive end. I mean, he's he's a good team defender, but he's not really like a lockdown defender. But with his playmaking ability. He has improved the shooting to a degree, and on top of it, he's a really good finisher around the rim as well. I still feel like you know, possibly within the next few years, if he does, if he does continue, continue to increase his value, he can be a point guard for an NBA team someday. A couple last things: um, Jordan Poole signs for one forty. Are you mad at that? Not mad at all. I mean, Jordan Poole had a phenomenal season last year. In my opinion, he should have been most, or I, I don't know if he should have been most improved player, but he definitely he should have got this hitter. Yeah, or I mean, he he should have definitely got consideration for a most improved candidate, um, and then of course Andrew Wiggins as well, who got the bag as well, who had a phenomenal yeah. um, season last year with the team. So took like a you know, I, pay cut. exactly. So I mean, you definitely got to give credit to the front office, man. I mean, they definitely take care of the players, making sure everybody's everybody's locked in. You know, we're yeah. just we're just we're just going to keep continuing to this, you know, fight. Uh, just continue to uh, compete for championships. Bob Myers is having a great summer so far, for sure. A couple last things. I had um, Dennis Schroeder might have a long-term injury. We talked about that with his toe. That sucks for the Lakers, but they also have five point guards. Last thing, thing, let's talk about Brogdon. Uh, He had the choice between the Raptors or Celtics via trade this year, and he chose the Celtics, which is – Pretty easy choice. They made it to the finals last season, and they could have. They, they greatly could use the services. Fit in Toronto right. would be great as well. Um, Toronto would be really good. Yeah, I think they have Fred. I don't think they have a lot of confidence in Malachi Flynn being a point guard this year. He's more of a scorer, I think. I like Malachi. Raptors fans like him too, but point guard they could have used a little bit more. Um, I don't know anything else. I'm gonna plug the new shit in a little second, but you got anything coming, brother? Um, well, I kind of want to get back to the Milwaukee situation because we obviously That's know, good, man. yeah, we obviously know that Mitty is out, Pat Connaughton is out. So, what does the projected second unit look like? Are you running with George Hill? Are you running with uh Javon Carter and those guys? Uh, sure, Grayson so, Allen. So, like, so what's what does it look like? So, right now, we have one starter out and we have one backup out with Pat Connaughton, who's good enough to be a starter, but we like to use him as a backup wing. Um, there's actually rumors that it's going to be uh, Giannis and Brooke with Drew, of course, at the three, and then big with Bobby and small with Javon. There's talk of starting Javon with that five group. Wow. And I actually okay. really, really like it. I think he's earned that. I think he plays basically a Gary Payton Jr. role in that shooting guard. Full court press, defensive pressure, and honestly, dude, he still has yet to have a bad shooting game from three. And it's been like 30 bucks games he's played in at this point, you know, until it stops, I'm going to just consider him a solid shooter from now on. And at the shooting guard position, defense and shooting is all you need right now. I think that starting lineup is pretty solid. So if you look at the bench, you almost have to do George Hill as your backup guard. Mm -hmm. You have to do Marjan minutes. Uh, Wesley is battling an injury right now, but I don't, I think he's expected to be ready by the start. So let's say. Does Noir get playing time? I think Nora gets playing time at the beginning of the year because that's what they the Bucks like to do is give Jordan Nora some playing time. Um, 
And then if Bobby's starting, you probably get some Sandro Mamukalashvili minutes off of the bench and then Ibaka as the backup center. So five, six guys, seven guys off the bench, even with the Middleton uh, and Pat injuries, they'd almost play more, rather play more guys to get more guys experience. So I think it's fine. I think it, it might be a mid start to the season just because they are struggling with some guys and they probably don't have as much chemistry with the guys that are going to have to soak up those minutes. But I like I, I really like that starting lineup, especially with Javon Carter in there. And I think if he plays well enough in that starting lineup, it guarantees him the backup point guard role when those guys get healthy. How do you feel about that? I like it. Um, I know I know that you know Milwaukee's hammered with injuries, but I, I even told you earlier. I think. I think they'll be okay. I mean, they may have some struggles to begin the year, but like you mentioned, um, I don't. I, I mean, you, you don't see Mitty missing more than a month, or even right. Pat Connaughton missing more than a month. So, right. you know, if they can get through like three weeks, like let's say in six or um, in six, like in ten games, they could they could start like six and four or seven and three. I think they'll be okay. I agree, and I think that's what we've got for today's episode. Dre, you're recording more, I'm sure, uh, probably even yes. later today. Let us know what else you're working on. Promote the Patreon. Yes, so definitely, first of all, first and foremost, follow us on Twitter at the Hoop Truth or Pod. Follow my guy, Agu. Follow myself at Nick Andre ATR. Um, I definitely am doing another stream later tonight. Count the bucket. Follow us there at Count Bucket USN. It's going to be an abundance of us there. I think it's going to be like seven or eight guys of us, or seven or eight of us on there, you know, um, doing an NBA preview, talking probably best in the West, best in the East. So definitely be tuned in for that. Um, definitely uh, follow my Patreon as well. Subscribe subscribe if you haven't yet. It's definitely growing. I have a new series getting ready to drop in the beginning of November titled NFL Players at Hoop. So definitely be on the lookout for that. And besides that, I have other content rolling as well. So I'm always, I'm always, I'm always dropping new stuff, you know, on, on a regular. So yes, what he said at Hoop Truth or Pod on Twitter. Hoop Truther Studios on YouTube. I finally have something new to talk about. It's been a hot minute, but um, here's the deal. I, as always, will be watching basically every game that the Bucks play this year. And in addition to that, I bought the ultimate Clippers fan package, whatever it's called, $350, $35 for 10 months. For 35 games, that's $10 a game for almost a season ticket. It's 300s level. But I grew up on the 400s, baby, so it means nothing to me. I figure if I'm going to be watching most of the Clippers games this year and most of the Bucks games this year, that I should be covering both teams. Coincidentally, they're both my finals picks, too, so I anticipate a Bucks clippers final. I'll be scouting the finals teams of my opinion for the entire year, so naturally... I'm finally doing it with a substack, the most cliche thing that an MBA or can do right now, but it's weekly writing. And I've been trying to get myself back into it for a long time. It's just called Bucks Clips. I know it sounds like I'm part of the video department for the Milwaukee Bucks, <laughs> but I'm not. It's just called Bucks Clips. I'll be dropping the first post tomorrow morning when we're recording. But when you're listening to this, it'll be Monday morning. It'll be out. I'll have tweeted out the link and I'll have all my buddies retweet it. So you guys will definitely see it. First post is going to be long. I talk about every single player on both the Bucks and the Clippers roster. And then I give them my season predictions where I think they're going to finish in the East and the West. They might be different from uh, what we discussed today. I wrote it at a different time. I think it's a lot of fun. I curse in it. I talk the way that I talk in this podcast, so it's not a 
you know, it's more personable. I feel like it's not meant to be a dissertation or hard hitting analysis. Yeah, I am. So if you're looking for that, if you're looking for more hard hitting analysis, head up like Mark Schindler or something. Don't. This is different. It's more for fun, but I am going to be talking dissecting those teams. So check it out. I would really appreciate if you guys subscribe. Monday mornings, probably 9 a.m. PST, will be dropping every week. Thoughts on the Bucks, thoughts on the Clippers, and thoughts about a random third team, just a team that I want to talk about that month. Keep an eye out for the stuff because Bucks Clips is coming to you weekly. Bucks and Clips. this podcast is coming to you weekly. We will catch you next week where we're recapping the first week of the 2022-2023 NBA season. Trey, it was an absolute fucking pleasure to have you back on. I'm glad that the Wi-Fi is back on. Deuces. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Deuces. Deuces.